Look at my butt. Show number 205 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Let's do it. Technology may try to stop us, but technology will never win. Never. Never. It may stop us momentarily. Right. But we will always come back. It's just it's just a little bump. It's not even a roadblock. It's just a little speed bump yes. as it as it tries to stop us from podcasting, but that will never happen. Yes. So don't don't worry, <laughs> friends. So that's just because it took us about 20 minutes to actually get to recording this podcast yes. for various reasons. Yes, we had things going on. But anyway, we're back and we have so many things to talk about today. But the first thing Yes. Is your birthday present. I, I am so excited. So here it is. It's in a large priority mail envelope that says do not fold on it. And it's from Amazing Stories in Hillsborough, New Hampshire. Okay. All right. So I'm going to rip it open here if I can find the tab. Oh, it doesn't have a tab. Good. <laughs> I'm just going to rip it. There you go. You do it. I am. All right. Oh, and it's... <laughs> Okay, there's another envelope inside Ah. of the envelope. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I'm going to have to rip this one open, too. It's one of those padded envelopes. Okay, well, be careful. Don't rip what's inside. No, no, I won't. It's amusing. They should have told me that it was going to take a lot of effort to get it open. Uh, That's okay. We like listening to all of this. Yeah. All right, okay, here we go. Now it's opening. Ooh. (gasps) Ooh, what is this? Okay, so I'm pulling it out. It's a copy of Amazing Stories, and it's a comic book that has, <laughs> it's got um, a, a drawing, since it's a comic book, of David Tennant standing in front of <laughs> the TARDIS, and he's holding a little model of the Enterprise in his hands, and there are triples at his feet, and Kirk and Spock are standing behind him looking at him like, what are you doing with the Enterprise? <laughs> wow. And the title of this is A Doctor for the Enterprise. Yes. I had no idea that this existed. Oh, Well, I found it. Look, on the back, there's an ad. The perfect pet, Tribbles. There's a company called TribbleToys.com, and they sell Tribbles. Well, TribbleToys.com, I believe, is uh, Sarai's sponsor. Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, look at this. And this was actually autographed by the people who put it together, including David Gerald. Uh, Yes. Wow. So I've got something autographed by David Gerald. That's so cool. (gasps) Wow. This looks really, really good. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, good. I'm so glad. The very first page has a beautiful um, picture of the end, not a picture, but a drawing of the Enterprise. It's beautiful. And um, there's a word balloon. And I guess it's supposed to be Kirk talking because there are one, two, three, four, five, six, six word balloons. Scotty, we're losing power. (laughs) What's happening? Yeah, that's Kirk. (laughs) Oh, man. This is great. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I can't wait to read it and then to tell everybody about it because it looks yes. amazing. Well, let me tell Please you about tell me. This. Tell me the story. Um, when it didn't, okay, when it didn't get there, remember, we were going yeah. back and forth. So I went <clears throat> to the, the uh, I had bought it through PayPal. Uh-huh. And so, you know, you get a receipt from them and it tells you, like, how to contact the people. And um, the web address did not come up. 
and I sent an email, and it bounced back. And I can't remember how the different detective work worked out, but I finally found a phone number. So I called that, and this guy answers, and I said, is this whatever the name of the website was? And he goes, uh, no, we've told them we're not associated with them, and um, they shouldn't keep calling, you know, keep wow. putting that out as our whatever. And I'm going, oh, okay, I'm really sorry. Do you know how to get a hold of them? Because I ordered this comic from them. And he goes, oh, Doctor for the Enterprise? <laughs> I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you've got the what? right people. So what happened is PayPal had not updated their information completely. They still had this old information for this other company, but they still had the right phone number. Okay. So he and I had this very nice conversation. And the the comic had had some production problems, which is why it was delayed, because um, there was like a death in the family of the artist, and then something else, and then David Gerald was taking forever to autograph them all. And so, but, you know, so he sent me a really nice email. Two days later, he had just mailed them out. And uh, he said, FYI, you are receiving number 93 of 500. There are only 500. A good number. Most collectors tend to give more weight to anything from the first half of the numbering scheme. And then he apologizes and says he's working on the PayPal stuff. And then he says, and happy birthday to whomever is getting this awesome copy of David Gerald's A Doctor for the Enterprise, which I thought was really sweet. That is extremely sweet. And it is, in fact, 93 of 500. It's numbered right on the inside. So that's great. Not like oh, okay. I'm selling it or anything, but um, this is amazing. No. It's the art is really beautiful, and um, the the I mean the art is good. The colors are bright and lovely, and I've I just noticed that in every place where Kirk is talking, they do the same thing with the word bubbles. Every single time he talks. So I just took a picture and I'm going to post it to Twitter so everybody can see what I'm talking about. But that is too funny. Well, good. I can't wait to hear all about it after you've read it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. What an amazing, unique present this is. Thank you. Well, I'm just thrilled that you hadn't heard about it. I can't even remember where I found this or how it came up. But um, I thought, well, that's like two of your very favorite most things. It is. It absolutely is. I mean, there have been other Doctor Who Star Trek crossovers, but not like this. And not by David Gerald. And not by David Gerald. So that makes it even better. Wow. This is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome. Yay. Welcome. Oh, good. Well, we will look forward to your book report. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just putting it back. It came bagged and boarded. So I'm putting it back in its bag. Oh, good. So good. It get yes. Damaged. Yes. yes. Well, enjoy that. Oh, thank you. Yay. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we have, <clears throat> excuse me, some gadgets and things to look at. Yes. The first one is somebody has made a router that looks like the USS Enterprise. <laughs> it's an amazing looking enterprise. It, it's great. It is, and the headline is Wi-Fi enabled USS <laughs> Enterprise makes your router look like a garbage scow. That is hilarious. So obviously someone who's deeply into Trek knew that joke yes. and knew to make it here. And That's I thought, great. well, that is great because I think my router does look like a garbage scow. But it says it looks like a model, but it's also an access point. Oh, it's great. So um, what? this was made by Christopher Couch and Raul Schwartz. Um, 
they squished the <laughs> squishing a router into a model of the USS Enterprise is easy. It helps that it's not a full-on router, but rather an mm-hmm. access point. But they have a series of photos showing, you know, how they built this. And, it's uh, great. and it's on a stand. So they use an actual good model of the mm-hmm. Enterprise, but they put a router in it. It's it's fantastic. It is really. If I needed an access point, I would totally. Yes. Access. It also says most of the access point is tucked into the saucer section. Mm. The upper windows allow the LED light from the <laughs> ubiquity to shine through, so you can look at it and imagine the ship is humming with human and alien activity. Oh, the, that's great. The result um, is a gadget that is functional, beautiful, and nerdy all at the same time. <laughs> I really like the last paragraph of this. Mm-hmm. So the person who wrote this for C- CNET um, says, if I had an access point like that, I would say, beam me onto the internet, Scotty, <laughs> every time I connect it to Wi-Fi. I would also probably change the wireless network name to Garbage Scout <laughs> to throw off the invading Klingon forces. You can't be too careful when you're protecting a valuable supply of Quadro Triticale. That is true. That's hilarious. That is That's true. That's great. I love how how clever fans are and how determined they are. Yes. You know, because some people at the first challenge would be like, okay, this obviously isn't going to work. It was a nice no. idea. But they just they just followed through and just kept going until they had this this wonderful router access yeah, point. Useful. And by the way, it's so it's a, a really nice model of the Enterprise that's mounted on mm-hmm. a stand, a black stand. So it actually looks like it's sort of flying. You know, it's not just sitting on your desk. It's yeah. on a little mount, yes. which is very nice. So good work. Yeah. Good work. I think that's that's a great idea. All right. Now, you have to tell me about this next thing because I haven't heard of this either, and I don't really understand what it is. Is this um, the unbelievable thing? This is the unbelievable <laughs> thing. What the heck is this? Okay. Well, it's unbelievable. Well, <clears throat> obviously, yes. Okay. Unbelievable with one, two, three, four, five exclamation points. <laughs> a sci-fi spoof featuring many Star Trek and sci-fi actors actors is almost finished shooting. Now, I hadn't heard of this until I ran into this article. But it says, Unbelievable is an homage and parody (laughs) of B-rated science fiction movies of the 1950s and 1960s. The dialogue is intentionally stilted and wooden, as are the special effects. The sets, costumes, and prompts are all props are all purposefully of makeshift quality. However, the plot is solid and propels the characters through the entire story as though it has a serious intent or statement. Wow. Trek actors in the project <sighs> include Walter Koenig, Nichelle Nichols, Barbara Luna, Gary... Wait, wait. What? Before this next name, I can't believe it. I saw this name in the list <laughs> and I went, what? I know. <laughs> Gary, Gary Lockwood. Lockwood. Michael Forrest, Celeste Yarnell, Beverly Washburn. I'm not sure who she is. Do you know? Uh, her? her name seems familiar. I could Google her if you want me to. That's nah, okay. Jack Donner, Sean Kenny. <laughs> Why? Of course not. Crazy Pike. But he thinks it's a real thing they're doing, not <laughs> it's, fiction. It's a documentary. Yes. yes. And is it too much to hope that Crazy Pike and Lockwood have a scene together? <sighs> Oh, my God. I can't wait to see what Lockwood does. <laughs> I, I just can't wait. Okay. More actors. Michael <clears throat> Dante, Michael Dorn, Olivia Dabo, uh, Julie Warner. Now we're getting into people that they're having to tell us who they were. Mm. Armin Shimmerman, Jeffrey Coombs, Nana Visitor, Dina Meyer, who I didn't know was in uh, any track. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Chase Masterson, Robert Robert Picardo, Tim Russ, a uh, bunch of people I haven't heard of, Garrett Wang, Linda Park, Connor Trenier, uh, John Billingsley, Vaughn Armstrong, Gary Graham, and Jasmine Anthony. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. We'll finish shooting later this month and will be released this year. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, oh, so Beverly Washburn uh-huh. was, was in the deadly years. She was Lieutenant Galway. Oh, big deal. She was, she was in one episode. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Even Crazy Pike was in more than one. I know. Wow. Uh, so I haven't heard anything about this, and now I'm very curious. How, okay, how did they get all these people? You know, Lockwood wouldn't have done it for free. No, right? okay, they while you're at IMDb, IMDb this. Unbelievable. See if it comes up. Um, oh, there it is. 2015. Oh, wow. What does All it say right. about it? Anything? Well, the writer and director is a dude named Stephen Fawcett, and it's spelled F-A-W-C-E-T-T-E. Huh. Uh so it, it's listing all the people who are in it. And actually, there are more people listed here than were in your list that mm-hmm. you just read off, because Gilbert Gottfried is in it. Oh, my like, God. I don't like him. No, no. Um, and I'm just trying to see if there are any notes here. There's not a lot of information. I mean, the cast and the crew is listed. It says where they're making it. They had a, a $2.5 million budget. And that's it. There's nothing else. There's no plot synopsis or anything. Okay. Well, a lot of times when things haven't been finished, I mean, you know, as soon as something is, even before it's green lighted, they'll put it up on IMDb. So Yeah. Hmm. Wow. All right. Well, if anybody out there knows anything more about this, please let us know because we'd like to know. I know. And why aren't we in this? That is an excellent question. Um, you know, they didn't call us. We are so contactable everywhere. <laughs> I know. There's no excuse. There is. There is no excuse at all. Mm. Shame, shame on you, unbelievable people. Yeah. You should have gotten in touch with us. Yes. Hmm. Mm. Well, all we're right. going to be looking for this. Lockwood. Lockwood. <laughs> All right. And now Bill. Bill's doing other things. Yes. And this, I think, is so wonderful. This just came up yesterday. Bill is writing or going to write a book about his friendship with Leonard, which I think is wonderful because knowing Bill, it will have a lot to say just about friendship and relationships Mm -hmm. in general. He says, I've been asked to write a book about it, and I think I will. Leonard and I knew each other for many, many years, and one of the aspects of having a long relationship is you validate the memories you share. Do you remember when we kicked the tire of the car? But the two of you would validate each other. Yeah, that was fun, but you had to be there. When someone dies that is a friend of yours, all those memories begin to Mm. shimmer and slide away because you think, did we kick that tire or did we not? And you have nobody to validate it, and gradually the memories evaporate. That's one of the tragedies of a friend of yours dying. Friendship has multi-levels of meanings, old friendships particularly. That's the area I would examine in the book. That sounds great. I think it's it's so wonderful. It's kind of like an extension of when they did Mind Meld, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm, now definitely. is probably about 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that would have been better would have been if they had done this before Leonard yes. passed away and had done it together. Mm-hmm. But I still think this is going to be amazing and what a... What a wonderful thing to do. And for his own sake, like he's saying, Mm -hmm. to get these memories down while they are fresh, you know, 
mm-hmm. because remembering five years from now, Leonard won't be there to say, no, that's not the way it happened or yeah. whatever. No, I, I think what Bill said there is, is so, um, I don't want to say profound, but it's so true. And it it's is. something I, I think that people don't often talk about when you think mm-hmm. about getting older or when friends of yours die, you know, there are things that you share only with that person. Right. And then when they're gone, you're the only one who remembers that thing or knows that thing. And since you don't get to talk about it or validate it, it does kind of fade away and it's really sad. Well, and it's, um, it's like a loss of that part of yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I think about, gee, you know, if I were to lose my older sister, mm-hmm. that's the last person who has known me literally my entire life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like this huge chunk of, of me is, is wrapped up in this relationship. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think what Bill said there is, is very true and, and very much worth thinking about. Yeah, I agree. I, I think people tend to feel that way when it's family members, especially, mm-hmm. but it's so true when you have long friendships with people. Oh, yes. Because you just share so much with them and they know things that have happened or you've been through mm-hmm. unique experiences together that just no one yeah. will ever share. And they knew each other for so long and we're so in the midst of a whirlwind in kind of the same way that, you know, I think we talked about this before, like yeah. the Beatles, right? Yes, exactly. You know, they were the only two people who knew what it was like to be those two mm-hmm. people. Well, one of the things that struck me was um, a couple of years ago when they were first starting on the new Star Trek and Zachary Qu- Quinto said that um, Leonard said to him, you have no idea what you're getting into. (laughs) And Quinto, I think, misinterpreted it because he said, well, um, in talking to the interviewer, I don't think he said this to Leonard. I don't think that typecasting is as much of a problem now as it was back then. I think Leonard was warning him about the fandom and the whirlwind and, you know, the, 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 the joys and the demands of it. I totally agree. And I think... Bill would not have made that mistake. Bill would know exactly what he was talking about because he's been part of it, you know. Yeah. That's that's a huge thing that they share that, you know, even though many other Trek actors have been in it, I don't think quite as central and certainly not for as long mm-hmm. as Bill and Leonard. Yeah. Plus, agreed. you know, they have personal connections outside of Trek. Mm-hmm. All the cons that they've done, mm-hmm. all the crazy things that they've done mm-hmm. at cons. So I think, I think that's something to really look forward to. Yeah, and agree. if if Bill needs Kickstarter on that, I would kick in. You know, I probably would too for that. Yeah, because that would be a really special thing. It would. So speaking of Bill, yeah, because we are talking about Bill. Of I course. know we never talk about him. But I know, we I know. Him. We just get off on <laughs> other things. <laughs> This was a very interesting uh, thing that popped up in the website called Cinema Blend. Cinema so, Blend. Okay, I yes, don't know them. Bill's always working, as we know. As and, we know. Uh, um, here's another thing that Bill's going to do. So it says, uh, Bill recently revealed he has an idea for a special episode of Star Trek. He mentioned he has already pitched his new idea to sci-fi quote, I went to the sci-fi network, which hasn't given me their final answer, but I broached the idea that a 50th anniversary show would be about the ideas that Star Trek dramatized. So he was, Bill was recently at the Fan Expo in Vancouver, and um, he went on to say that Star Trek made a name for itself by tackling the issues of its time, including racial tensions. Um, So he mentioned various other things themes that the show originally addressed and says he wants to see a potential anniversary special tackle those in an hour and a half long program. 
So Bill has an idea for a 50th anniversary Star Trek special that he would presumably not write, maybe, but certainly develop that would be on the sci-fi network and i think that's awesome so it wouldn't be like an episode of star trek it would be like a retrospective on the the ideas that that dealt with the social issues of of that time period you know it's not clear okay and maybe bill wasn't particularly clear when he was talking about it Uh because um maybe they just haven't pinned down whether it would be a clip show or uh, something new. I don't mm-hmm. know. It doesn't say in this article. Hmm. Well, I think that would be great. Um, I think it sounds like one of those um, documentary things he would do. Mm-hmm. You know, and he would be narrating it and interviewing people. It would be great. Yeah. yeah. I so think that's a great ex- idea. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And, you know, Bill is busy as ever. He's been doing a lot of cons lately. I've seen him tweeting from different places. Um, He's just been all over the place. So he he hasn't slowed down. No, and in in two weeks he's got the horse show. Right. He's been tweeting about that and and posting about that to get people to um, donate things and then bid on things. So Mm -hmm. he's all over that. He is. And, you know, there has been a lot of talk, a lot of rumors about... Uh, 50th anniversary and everything that um, Star Trek should come back to TV as a series. Mm-hmm. And there have been several ideas. A couple have already been shot down as no, that that was a rumor. Nobody is actually planning on doing that. But um, there's been some interesting talk about things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people want it to be on television. Well, I think so too. And one of the ideas that's getting a lot of talk, and I'm not sure, I think it's a great idea. I think it's this thing called Federation. Have you heard about mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I read a little bit about that, yep. Um, it, the idea, I guess, is that it's, it's even farther in the future than mm-hmm. uh, Voyager. And Federation has gotten fat and happy, and mm-hmm. everything's fine. And then suddenly there's this unknown enemy. So they have to get a, a, a Starfleet up to snuff and everything. But I'm going, well, then it's a continuing war battle story. Mm-hmm. It's And I think the thing so many of us loved about the original series and TNG was the, the very episodicness of it that it was mm-hmm. about exploration and so every week they were confronting a new problem not mm-hmm. always an enemy a lot of times it was a, a humanitarian thing a problem to be solved mm-hmm. no agreed i think it would be far more interesting if in that scenario it focused on um the federation trying to find its way back to being what it had originally wanted to be mm-hmm. to show uprisings and shifting of power and you know encountering new aliens and what that means to the federation and how they can get the federation back to being that idealistic thing that it was in the beginning yeah that'd be cool that would be cool so hmm. so more star trek yes hope. so i i want to have i'm going to show two other small things um bill's really good at pissing people off on twitter <laughs> i know <laughs> it's amazing And I think it's hilarious that he has now, now that he's embraced it and now that I think he actually understands what Twitter is, he he has really developed an amazing control over what he does. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that he loves to do is to have these fake Twitter feuds with other people, uh, including people like Misha Collins, who's Mm -hmm. on that Supernatural show. People take it so seriously. And he's, Bill is really adept at like stringing them along and trying to get them to believe that the, the feud is really real and they Mm -hmm. just fall for it every time. And then he blocks them. Yeah. (laughs) 
it's like performance art. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. So I think Bill is having an enormous amount of fun doing that stuff. Well, on Twitter. he's on Twitter all the time. He is. He's he's addicted to it. He I dare is. say he is. And speaking of Twitter, I will mm-hmm. just say this, and this was a thing that got um, blogged around in a couple of th- places, and I just loved it because Bill's so awesome sometimes. So um, back at the end of March, March 31st was Trans Day of Visibility for all trans people. That okay. was great, you know. Let, let's support our trans friends. So he blo- he tweeted that, and someone tweeted to him and says, why does everybody have to have support? Be who you are and to hell with anyone else who doesn't like it. And Bill tweeted back to this guy and said, why? You don't live in this planet alone. That's why. (laughs) And the comment on it was, William Shatner is not having any of your shit today. (laughs) And I was like, yes. So my comment was, that was a sick burn from Captain James T. Kirk. (laughs) It was. That's great. (laughs) I love Bill. He's just so awesome. I mean, especially when thinking about him... Being who he is now, he's 85 years mm-hmm. old, right? And the way he grew up and was all these things that at this time in his life, he can say, yes, trans day of visibility. Let's support our, our trans brethren out there. Like he would not have even known what that meant, you know, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, right? It wouldn't have even been a thing in his consciousness. But now I, I believe that he actually knows what it means mm-hmm. and he's for it. And he's like, yes, everybody should be supportive. And that's just awesome. I know. I think that is so great. You don't live in this planet alone. That's why. Yeah. Like, whoa, you told him. Yikes. Smackdown. I know. Like, if I was that guy, I would delete my Twitter account. I would just be like, oh, okay, I'm really sorry. William Shatner showed you who was boss. That's right. Well, you know, he may be Bill. He may be William Shatner. But everywhere he goes, he's the captain. He he's is the, the captain of captain. whatever he's at, you know. He is. He so is. It's great. <laughs> okay, I have two more short things. Okay. Um, one, this was um, on some blog I was reading, and it's a, a picture of, uh, it's a drawing of uh-huh. a building, and it says, the next generation of elevators will be able to travel sideways. A German engineering company has created the world's first rope-free elevator system that uses a new magnetic technology. The test tower will be launched in 2016. And so someone made a comment that said, we are this close to a Wonkavator, if you remember the elevator that operated in Willy Wonka's place. Oh, okay. But I said, come on. They had elevators like this on the Enterprise in 1967. <laughs> Burn. Burn. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> so it's technology catching up. Yes. That's what it is. And that's happening all the time, more and more and more. Yes. I mean, they so. pre- they're going to have a working tricorder soon for medical. Yeah. So... Oh. It's great. I just thought that was funny. And then the last thing is uh, just a little bit of news about uh, George Takei, mm-hmm. who is also extremely busy. As we discussed last time, he has this... Um, play going to Broadway and now he's going to have a new reality web series with his husband and it has a terrible name which is it decays too yes that's oh, terrible God. it's awful but I thought the plot of it sounded actually pretty funny so I'll, I shall read this um In this heightened reality series, actor and activist George Takei and husband Brad Takei navigate their daily lives from the internet and Broadway to jetpacks and human hamster balls. 
With a recipe that is one part optimism and one part pragmatism, this dynamic duo overcomes life's obstacles, reminding us that any great enterprise takes two. Episodes 1, Parts 1 and 2. The synopsis is Brad Takei discovers a mean meme of himself on husband George Takei's Facebook page and launches a mission to get it taken down. George tries to help Brad realize that the internet is a wild west that must be accepted for what it is, but Brad remains unswayed. His adventure takes him all the way to Google headquarters in New York City, where he encounters a surprise form of artificial intelligence. Will Brad succeed in his meme quest? Tune in to find out. That sounds crazy. Well, yeah, and Google Headquarters is not in New York. It's not in New York. <laughs> Why would they think it would be in New York? That's because they're they in are. New York right now, oh. you know. No, it's not where Sergey is. No, 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 it's not there. I like the Simpsons episode, though, where Apple Headquarters was under the sea. Yes. <laughs> So I'm glad George has a reality series, and this actually sounds pretty amusing, so I'm, I'm going to watch it just to see. But I hope that they don't actually portray Google headquarters as being in New York. That's a disaster. It's wrong. So wrong. Yes, it is. It is so wrong. So very, very wrong. Oh, God. All right. Let's see. Well, we have just run through a bunch of stuff. Let's take a little break. Yes, I need to get some more water. Yep, and then we can come back, and coming up in the second half of the show is um, the long-delayed Etsy segment. Yay! Yay! Okay, we'll be right back. Yes. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we love you, and we love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com, comments to lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, and check out the Look at His Butt Facebook page for even more Shatnerific fun. And now back to Etsy. I haven't been keeping up much with what's been on Etsy, and I spent, um, you know, a good 20 minutes looking for stuff today, and amazingly, I didn't find any really horrifying stuff. Oh, dear. I know. It's kind of strange. In fact, uh, more of the things I found today were actually pretty cool. There were a couple really odd things, and then one thing that just made me laugh and laugh, which I really liked. So we'll do that one last. Okay. So let's go through and, and see what Etsy has to offer us today. If we look up the name Shatner on Etsy, mm-hmm. what do we find? The first thing we find is a T-shirt, which I don't really understand, but I think it's really funny. The T-shirt says, Mr. Spock in the streets, Captain Kirk in the sheets. Okay, I was going to ask you what the hell that means, but you've already said you don't get it either. I think it means when you're out and about in the world, you're kind of cool and you don't let things bother you, but then when you're in bed with someone, you're really passionate. Oh, see, I think you were saying this is who you would want with you, and in either case, Hmm. I would want Captain Kirk. Oh, oh, well, definitely. Yeah. So, okay. I guess it's open to interpretation, but I was thinking it was more like a statement about you, the person wearing the t-shirt. Okay. Well, that makes more sense than, than my idea. Yeah. Well, whenever you see in the sheets, it always has to be Captain Kirk that goes along with it because the other way around would make absolutely no sense whatsoever. All right. Moving along. The next one is an illustration. 
and it's called To Boldly Go, and it's a painting. It looks like a painting mm-hmm. um, of Captain Kirk, and it's sort of done in a retro fashion. Yes. Um, and it's a, like an outline of the Enterprise, and his face is in the saucer section. The problem with this is that it doesn't look anything like William Shatner. I know, and that's too bad because the whole retro design thing is cool. It is. It's I mean, I, cool. I love the print. You know, the typeface and everything. It's great. But, it, I like, who does it look like? I don't even know who it looks like. No. It doesn't look like Bill at all. No. It's really sad. And look, the hairline looks really weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it also looks kind of like they did the uh, the netting, you know? Like they actually put it in the picture. It does. It's really strange. So I was sad. Or I the lace. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who's that supposed to be? It's not Bill. <laughs> Definitely not Bill. So if we don't think that one looks like Bill, let's look at the next one. <laughs> so this is, um, let's see, Star Trek inspired James T. Kirk signed art print poster. And the name of the, the series is Heroified, like hero-fied, okay. Fied, okay. I guess. Uh, so it's uh, metal, canvas, wood, and acrylic. It's a real painting done on canvas, I guess. But it's really weird looking. It looks like it got Bill's face, but then Photoshopped to not look like Bill anymore. I don't get it. Yeah. It, um, it looked like, it looks kind of like they were trying to do the dot thing of comic book art. Mm-hmm. But not really. He looks like a Ken doll. Yeah. And his ear is pasted on. Look at his ear. <laughs> It's just like stuck onto the side of the um, head. It's not even the same color or anything. Oh, no, dear. You know it's what else really it kind of looks like? Uh, cross-stitch. It does look a little like cross-stitch. <laughs> I agree with you. So, you know, like, nice try and all that, but it would be better if it actually looked like Bill, yeah. I have to say. Okay. Speaking of cross-stitch, oh, no. the next thing is not actually cross-stitch, but it's close. <gasps> it's... Um, a dot matrix version where they took a picture of Bill and it is actually a photograph of him and then spread it out and pixelated it. And it's really kind of cool looking. Not that I'd want to hang it up and put on my wall, but it's, it's an interesting interpretation. Yeah. It says the original piece was a watercolor painting and then scanned and digitally edited for a more contemporary look. So it's got a lot of white space around it. It's mm-hmm. um, just Bill's face, and it's very dot matrixy. But I, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like the further you step away from it, of course, the better it looks. Right, right. Like a mosaic. Yeah. Well, you know, for the longest time, I had on this eleven by seventeen sheet of paper um, a picture of Bill. You know, that was made like by typing. Oh. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I had found it like somewhere on the internet, and of course downloaded it and then printed it you know on my printer yeah and it was it was really cool i agree so uh, this is just a weird interesting thing i was also um taken by the fact that it was called polka dot kirk (laughs) (laughs) really okay (laughs) polka dot kirk there he is i i prefer to call him dot matrix kirk but okay kirk will do okay now the next thing this next one is scary it is scary and i don't want this ever And so this was, like, pretty much the only horrifying thing that I could find. (laughs) So it's Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock as handmade, uh, collectible Star Trek little dolls. And the picture of them is kind of funny because they 
pose them in front of a like a, a printed enterprise background. Mm-hmm. So they, they sort of look like they're standing there. But they're really weird looking. In fact, they remind me a little bit of the precious moments thing that we talked about in the last oh, show. Oh, yeah. Um, so these are one and a half to one and three quarters inches tall. They, these miniature one of a kind handmade figurines are a tribute to the original Star Trek TV series. I make them to order. So tell me what you want each of them to be doing, holding a communicator, a phaser, or doing the Vulcan salute. Mr. Spock has a greenish tint on his cheeks and pointed ears. That's good. (laughs) They're both wearing the original uniforms with gold glitter on their insignia and two stripes on their sleeves. The communicator and phaser are accurate with tiny detail. Wow. But their faces, their heads are really round, for one thing. Mm -hmm. They look sort of like eggs. Yeah. And Kirk is like, he's got this little kid's, like smiley face I know on him. I and know really and his, his hair is so wrong it's wrong and they're just uh, they're goofy they're kind of goofy <laughs> they're and they're goofy. really they're they're short and squat and fat yes and they have these teardrop shaped bodies and little squat legs and uh, yes and, and Kirk's pods. body especially is egg shaped oh it's just it's weird mm-hmm. I don't know I, I think, you know, this this really, for me, goes into the um, precious moments bucket of things. Well, you know how these could be, I don't want to say improved, but made useful, mm. is if they were salt and pepper shakers. Because mm-hmm. that's what they look like. They do. They look like salt and pepper shakers, and I think that would be more acceptable. But just to buy them and have them on your shelf, I don't know. No. No, my my salt and pepper shaker Kirk would get out of his chair and <laughs> kick them off the shelf. Um, the person who's made this also makes lots of others from science fiction-y things. So there's a Han Solo and Princess Leia. There's a Hobbit. But they all kind of look the same. Well, her name is Wee Brigadoon. Mm, that probably tells you <laughs> something about her taste. So, you know, who knows? Maybe people really like this kind of thing. But it just, I don't know. Not for me. Yeah. Now, this next item is very interesting. And I thought this was actually kind of cool. Uh, especially because of, of the image that they chose mm-hmm. for it. So this is a Star Trek recycled film bookmark. Oh, wow. So the person has taken a little strip of 35 millimeter movie film and laminated it to make it into a bookmark. And the piece that they chose is um, from Star Trek. So it's, um, gosh, is this from the first movie? No, it can't be. It's Kirk, Spock, and McCoy who are all leaning over, and it's very dark, and it just is. their faces are underlit, and I cannot remember which movie this is from. Yeah. It's probably, judging by the way Nimoy looks, it's like four, maybe, or five, not four, not maybe four, five or six. Five. It's five. Yeah, it's probably five. Yeah. Wow. But it's a cool thing and, you know, like a really interesting, original, unique bookmark. And I just like the fact that they chose this particular scene because it's so dark and their faces look kind of cool and spooky. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, that's that's an interesting image to have chosen. It doesn't say where they got the film from. Yeah. I'd like to know that. Huh. That is a neat shot. Yeah. And they've done a lot of others, too. Mm-hmm. So this is the Star Trek one. There's one from um, Princess Bride. There's one from... Uh, Thor, there's one from Top Gun. So they've done a whole bunch of different right. uh, things w- with these film clips. And it's only $4. Hey, cool. all right. I like that, yeah. Now, our next item is a uh, action figure, I guess. 
It's from 1994. It says, New Old Stock Star Trek Captain James T. Kirk Vinyl Model with Display Base. Now, unfortunately, there isn't a picture of the actual thing. They just put a picture of the box there. Mm. I don't remember seeing this before. Yeah. Do you? Does this look familiar? No. It's a little weird looking. So, for one thing, he's very top-heavy. Like... The, if the model really looks like this, his shoulders look enormous, and then he's got kind of stubby legs underneath it. It's a model kit. Is it? Yeah, it says highly detailed vinyl model kit, complete assembly instructions, <gasps> and paint guide included, paint and oh. cement not included. I didn't know they even made those. Wow, it's big, too. It's 12 inches tall. Yeah. I had no idea this thing even existed. Wow. Huh. So I guess you could paint it the way you want it. Um, hopefully you'd put all the pieces together correctly and not get his hands on the wrong arms or something, because that would be embarrassing. Yeah, poor, poor Jim. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That is kind of a weird thing. So I might have to look this up a little more mm-hmm. to see like, what the thing actually looks like when it's put together. Because judging by the picture on the box, I mean, it kind of looks like Bill, but not really looks like Bill. <laughs> he's holding a phaser. Yeah. Um, he's sort of looking off into the distance. But yeah, those proportions mm-hmm. are just really weird. He looks like a like a guy from a Charles Atlas ad. Yeah. You know, it's got like yeah. a really big chest and shoulders and sort of skinny legs underneath it. Yeah. All right. Now, the next item is just, I thought this was really, really cool. Um, These are little cards that are like the ones that were used in the Nick of Time Twilight Zone episode that Bill was in. Oh, wow. So they're vintage fortune teller cards Uh from those machines because those machines were a thing, right? Like they didn't invent those for that episode. It was just a takeoff on what you could get when you went into a diner. So that's what these fortune... These are the actual cards that were used in those fortune-telling machines. And you can get um, a set of 10 or a set of a full set of 52 and presumably use them at parties or whatever, mm-hmm. which I think would be really fun, you know? Wow. You know, Bill autographed one of those machines for the um, auction. Oh, that's so cool. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. So these are good. I, I wish that the pictures were a little better so you could see more. Mm-hmm. Um, what, there's one photograph where you can see it. Um, it says, answer to your question. I cannot be definite, but the outlook is good. That's a very, um, like, magic yes. fall answer. I will be truthful. Signs say yes. Wow. And then, uh, there's, like, little quotes underneath it as mm-hmm. well, I think, from movies. It's kind of cool. So I just think those are awesome. Like, somebody... Must have found a supply somewhere mm-hmm. and thought, I will sell these on Etsy. So Wow. It would be even scarier if you bought one of those machines and then put these in there and, you know, convince people that they were real like in the episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Maybe people under the age of six. <laughs> and they could get all wigged out like yeah. they did. So anyway, I thought that was just really cool. And of course, it came up under the Shatner thing, even though it's very tangentially related. Yes, to yes. Well, put Bill's name on it and it will sell. Yes. Well, we know that. Okay. Now, the next one. This is very interesting, and I'm not quite sure why, but here it is. So it's a print of, of Bill, and it says, Formal Dress James Kirk from Star Trek Fan Art, and it's... Shatner's head as Bill on a 
like a sharp-dressed man thing from about 1965. So it's kind of like Shatner in Mad Men. It is. It's exactly like that. That's an excellent comparison. It says, this print features Captain James T. Kirk in mid-20th century formal wear. We wanted to feature our favorite Star Trek characters at their most elegant. A great piece for both contemporary and more traditional homes and perfect as a gift. Um, so, um, let's see. I'm trying to see. Oh, he's got. Are there other people? Who does he do? He's got Jonathan Archer. Oh, okay. Trying to see. This guy's in Australia, so he's making these in Australia and, and selling them. It, it's a little um, off. Like, the photoshopping mm-hmm. of the head is okay, but it's not quite there. And it very much looks like uh, um, an advertisement from, you know, 1960 with a dude either selling this suit or he's about to go have a drink of, you know, Hennessy or something. Yeah, like yeah. When I first looked at the, the Kirk one or the, mm-hmm. the Bill one, whatever, it didn't look like Bill to me. It looked like John Boehner. Because he's so orange. <laughs> he is. He's very orange. He's very, very orange. It's true. And he's wearing, um, it looks like a black suit, perhaps. And he's got a um, very wide tie mm-hmm. that's yellow. And I just don't think Bill would dress like, uh, or Kirk would dress like that, let's just say. Bill would wear anything. We already know that. Yes. But for Kirk, I, I just don't see him, you know, with, with yellow as the color that mm-hmm. he chooses to wear. Well, maybe they were trying to tie into the gold uniform thing yes but it's not gold it's yellow and it looks stupid yeah (laughs) it does it does and frankly he looks just a little bit too slim to be Mm -hmm. captain kirk you know bill's Bill's more muscular Mm -hmm. okay now the last thing this is the last thing and it's my favorite thing and i just don't know why it's so funny but it is so it's a picture of hooker T.J. Hooker. Yes. He's looking at the camera. He looks really intense. And next to it is just a little typewritten phrase that says, blame testosterone. (laughs) And I think that's entirely appropriate. Well, okay. It's, um... It's a card that you can buy. It's four bucks. And oh, it's it comes a card. With, okay. Yeah. And you can, you know, give it, it's got ribbon around the outside of it and everything. But I just love the juxtaposition of Bill and the phrase blame testosterone <laughs> because that's exactly what you would do. You would yes. blame testosterone. Yes. But Bill looks, it's, it's a funny picture of him. He's very, um, he's in his TJ Hooker uniform and he's looking at the camera and he's got a little half smile on his face, mm-hmm. just, just a little bit of a smile, but he's looking very intense at the same he time. He is. He's sort of halfway between, like, trying to impress you with how macho he is and totally trying to seduce you at the same time. Yes. Yes. And that's where the Because Bill can multitask in. like that. He can. He's very, very good at that. But you don't see too much T.J. Hooker stuff. No. You know, no. On Etsy. And this one just struck me. I love it. Um, when I'm channel surfing here every now and then, I come across, oh, T.J. Hooker's on. And I think I'll watch that. And it's always on the Spanish channel. <laughs> It might be better that way. It might know. be, but I haven't quite gotten to the point where I've watched that yet. <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> oh, so that's our Etsy haul for this week. Like I said, nothing too horrifying, but definitely some creative well, stuff. Well, I think there. those things that need to be salt and pepper shakers are sort of the 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 low point this week uh, for Yep, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And the John Boehner drawing. <laughs> Um, I think we have time to have one, we can have one short discussion, I think, and I really did want to get to this. Okay, so let's have it. 
let's let's have it. Okay. Um, this was a question that came from um, my friend Catherine. Uh, let me just pull it up here so I can say exactly what it is. All right. So she's very into Sherlock fandom. Oh, good. That's cool. Yeah. So she says, um, here's a suggestion for a discussion topic. What would you say are the top five first time KS hookup fanfic tropes? And I, she says that in Sherlock fandom, um, there are a bunch of tropes that come up over and over and over again, like in any fandom. Um, so she gives some examples, uh, Let's see. There would be no let's kiss for a case, John. So they have to kiss to get a case. Uh, somebody gets drugged and then they kiss. Someone pre- uh, pretending to be a couple for a case. Those are apparently really big mm-hmm. first-time tropes for Sherlock fandom. So she mentioned, of course, the big one, which is Spock goes into the pond far. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. And do you think that is like the number one? Oh, absolutely. Trope? You think so? Like by far and away more than anything else? Yeah. And the subset of that is Pomfire in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I agree with that. Now I will say that. I, uh, um, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the second one, it, people used to talk about this, the fuck or die. Mm-hmm. Where like aliens force them to fuck. Yep. I've seen that one. I've also seen one that's sort of related to that, which is that um, they have to be a couple because it's some diplomatic thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to a planet and um, everyone assumes that they're together. And if they contradict that, it will get them all into trouble. So they have to pretend. In fact, I'm remembering one story very specifically where um, they have to sleep in the same bed. And then I don't remember if it's Kirk or Spock realizes that um, – the people who are in the same building because like the walls are made of paper or some mm-hmm. shit like that you know they have to have be have making sex noises um because otherwise then it wouldn't be a real relationship and that's what's expected on this planet so they have to do it so yep that's definitely a thing well and it's sort of a subset of that is that for whatever reason they have to sleep physically very close to each uh-huh. other Yes. You know, like it's it's freezing cold or there's only one bed or, you yeah. know, something and and that brings it on. Yep. Uh, another bunch of stories that I remember reading were based around the trope that um, in an uh, alternate universe, there are all, those people are already in a relationship. And when there's a swap, the, the one from our universe has to play along for various reasons. Okay. So, so it ends up being a first time experience for one of the pair, not both of them. Mm-hmm. And that, I've read that in Mirror Universe Fix. I've read that in just regular alternate universe fix. Mm-hmm. I've read that many, many times. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And there's, you know, there's, um, it's not done as much, or I don't know, you and I aren't involved in the fandom that much anymore, but um, n- not done as much is the rape fic, and it's usually Spock rapes Kirk. Yeah. And it's usually in the, either in the Mirror Universe or in Ponfar. Mm-hmm, that's correct. Oh, let's see. What are some other situations? The the cave thing is the best, though. I think that was, you know, so popular that it became a joke, of course. Of course. Everybody did it so often. And also because there were so many Star Trek stories in original series and otherwise of the shuttlecraft getting stranded on a planet or it mm-hmm. crashes or whatever. And the only place for them to seek shelter is in a cave. Yep. Just way too many of them. I think... Um, 
maybe another subset of the sleeping physically close together mm-hmm. that I can remember. And I think this appeared in some fix that were written um, by people that we knew was uh, a situation where Kirk and Spock were captured by aliens and like, you know, enslaved basically. And they, they had to cling to each other as survival mechanism mm-hmm. to get through like the horrible or, yeah. um, ordeal that they were in and, and slept with each other because of that. You know, one I don't recall seeing too often, if at all, is the, the idea that um, they are drugged under the influence of some oh. uh, some drug or some, you know, plant or something. Yeah, that's true. I can't actually remember reading any like that. doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. Hmm. Have, there, have you ever read any where they slept with each other by accident? By accident? Like they thought each other were someone else. Like, I don't know, they were wearing masks or something like that. I think I might have read one of those. <laughs> In fact, there was one where there was some sort of like Mardi Gras. Really? You know, ah. so they were in masks. Oh, that's so funny. I have read that particular story, Sleeping with Each Other by Accident, a number of times in Doctor Who fandom. <laughs> with him and various women. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it kicks, it kills me every time. Like, how do you sleep with someone by accident? <laughs> seems so unrealistic. Yeah. Well, I wrote sort of a variation of that, uh-huh. which was Kirk slept with the Spock on the shore leave planet, thinking mm-hmm. it was a construct. Mm, that's right. I remember that yeah. now. But that's different. That's not Im- imagining that they're an entirely different person. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I can't remember any other tropes. Those are definitely the ones that got the most play when we were in fandom anyway. Yeah. And as you say, things may have changed now, so I have right. no idea. Well, what we should are maybe writing. get out my big list of KS cliches. Oh, man. <laughs> that is definitely, I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes. Oh, so people okay. Can go and read it because it's definitely worthwhile. Yeah. But oh. the cave is number one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cave is number and one. And really, when you think about it, the cave, the Palm Far one, that is a variation of fuck or die. It is. It's interesting that um, the the writers, I mean, DC Fontana, actually had that be part of canon. It's such an amazing fanfic hook. <laughs> it's almost as if it was custom made for people to write fanfic about. Yes, it. yes. Well, I am excited uh, that in a couple weeks I'm going to be ushering for a show about fanfic. Yes, please tell us about that. Well, I, I've totally forgotten what fandom it even is. It's not Star <laughs> Trek, but I'm sure I'll have a good time. So I will report on that when it, when I've seen it. That will be great. And I just meant to mention, did you or did you not go see the improvised Star Trek guys? <gasps> yes. Was it good? It was pretty good. Um, the, fir- the introductory act was the improvised Shakespeare Company. Oh, and they uh-huh. were very good. And then um, they were like the guest stars mm-hmm. of Improvised Star Trek. Now, Improvised Star Trek, I found out here, is an ongoing thing. It's a podcast where they improvise episodes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they all have these standard roles. So they play the same characters? Yes. The plots are improvised? Okay. Yes. Right, so they, they all have these same roles. And... Um, I think when the improvised Shakespeare and improvised Star Trek got together, it didn't work quite as well because um, I don't think the Shakespeare people knew Star Trek that well. Oh. But 
they were stronger improvisers. Mm-hmm. So it ended up being more Shakespearean than, than Star Trek, <laughs> although it did have some, you know, some fun stuff. That sounds good. Uh, so um, where did you go see it? Was it like at a little cabaret? A little theater, yeah. 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 And were there a lot of people there? Oh, yeah. And, oh, cool. um The woman next to me, I was sitting in the very front row, and the woman next to me says, how did you get your ticket? (laughs) Which I thought was a strange question. But I said, well, I was comped. I'm a reviewer. And so I think she thought I didn't know what I was in for. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Because she says, well, you know, Star Trek fans, they're they're a breed unto themselves. And I said, you don't have to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I could tell you stories upon stories of crazy Star Trek fans. Nothing you say will shock me. That's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But um, I think we've seen stronger improvised Star Trek. Mm-hmm. I would love to go see another Star Trek improv by Bats or someone like oh, that. Oh, I know. They were so good. I know. Oh, I love those shows. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I still want to see that Star Trek opera. That oh, yeah. Mozart opera. Oh. oh, totally. That sounded so cool. I really hope they go on tour with it and yeah. decide to actually do something. That would be terrific. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. All right. Well, hey, I think we have gone through our list of stuff. Yes, we have. Amazingly enough. So, um, listeners, if you'd like to share any of your favorite tropes in Star Trek fan fiction, please be sure to send them along because maybe you're you're better read in the current stuff than we are. You yes, are. we don't know what's going on. We have no idea what's going on because we just don't even dip our toes into that anymore. Nope. So send us that. Um, send us any other tidbits that you might hear of what's going on. Um, if you did anything fun for Shatmoy, let us know about that. Oh, yes. Yes. And just um, keep checking us out. Check us out on our page at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, but also the Facebook page where yep. um, Kitty has been posting lots and lots of great stuff. Been trying. Been trying to... Been. Keep some good stuff going there. You did a great job during Shatmoy. I loved all the things that you put up. I like the hood riding picture. (laughs) (laughs) There were so many fun things. So, yes, definitely go to Facebook. Check it out. And you will not be disappointed by what you find. Yes. And we will be looking forward to your report on Doctor Who for the Enterprise. Or an Enterprise for Doctor Who. Or whatever it's called. (laughs) I can't wait to read it. It's going to be so much fun. Okay. Oh, so anyway, thank you listeners as always for being there and for being our fans because we love you so very much. We do. And until next time, um, live long and potluck. <laughs> Good night. I love saying that. Bye. Bye.